Cute life, welcome to the cute life 2020. It's the first podcast of the decade. I'm Fenway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ollie. As just as you hit record, I was about to say, uh, do you have any idea what number this is? No, I'm just forgetting that. Fuck it. It's got, I'm throwing 20. It's a new decade, episode one. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> I'm just throwing the episode numbers out the window. I don't care anymore. If you want to check, it'll be in the title. I'm not going to read it out anymore. If you care, you've uh, you need to get a life. <laughs> <laughs> Someone who's just checking off. Oh, wow, it's number 48. Just got really upset. <laughs> Someone, or if they're just, you know, this is the first episode they listen to, they're like, oh, fucking hell, she's quite aggressive. Mm, aggressive and also chants her own podcast name. <laughs> so, a bit of a narcissist, <laughs> Maybe that should be our uh, jingle. <laughs> no. Screaming the cute life. What, for how over long? Over. 30 seconds. Yeah. Just the length of a jingle. It's fine. Uh, I think it's good that we don't have a jingle. Uh, because... I feel very out of practice with this. I don't feel very strained. Well, let's get going. Yeah. Throw um, yourself in at yeah, the deep we're, end. We're back after, what, probably about a month break, right? Must be. Yeah, because we stopped just before Christmas. Mm. We did a sort of Christmassy themed yeah, one, cause... which wasn't very Christmassy themed. I listened <laughs> to it. <laughs> um... Yeah, we thought we deserved a bit of a break because we've been doing this for almost a year. It was March sometime. I'll have to look at exact exact yeah. dates, but it was March time. Um, so almost a year. So we thought we deserved a bit of a break. And then the break went on a little bit longer than planned, I think, just because January has been of a bit of a shitter. It's well, I think it's quite the good. Depressing life over here. I think it's quite good because, you know, art galleries closed for a month in August. To look posh. Yeah. We stopped podcasting for a month in January to look posh. <laughs> okay, cool. That's my theory. Right. Uh, so if anyone asks, you just go like, oh yeah, I was just travelling around, going to all these amazing places, and that's right. we weren't able to podcast. The reality is we're sitting in a freezing cold house while our boiler drips, yeah. and we wrap ourselves in blankets to try and stay warm. Yeah, it's just been a bit of a crap month, hasn't it? Um, but other than that, we had a nice Christmas. Mm, did we? I don't know, I can't remember. So long ago. <laughs> uh, we had a nice new year. Yeah, it was okay. Um, we had a nice... I, don't, I feel like you've been living a different life to me. <laughs> no, I just have such a bad memory. I assume... None of these things I just assume nice. things in the past were all right. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember well, them. Well, nothing to write home about. They're all a bit <laughs> crappy, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but you've been <clears> painting... Oh my god, I'm so busy with work. I've had a bit of a weird month. Um, January and February is usually like dead for me, really quiet. So as a bit of a sort of preemptive, like I'm going to be quiet in January, I took on all the work that came my way because I was like, great, I've got to do it because I'm going to be quiet in January. So I'll take on everything that comes my way. And then, um, like, a few people were sort of late in getting photos to me. Well, not late. I said it was fine because I thought, I'll be quiet in January. So it's fine. doesn't matter. I can do it all in January. Now I've got three times the work that I usually do. And I am drowning. <laughs> drowning in pets. Um, so, yeah. If, if anyone... you've got to drown, though, what a way to go. What a way to go. But, yeah, if anyone is waiting on a commission from me... Thank you so much for being so patient with me. I am, I promise I am working as hard as I possibly can. I've worked most weekends, like, over the past month. Um, and I'm yeah. still behind. <laughs> um, but I'm trying my best. And thank you so, so, so much for your orders and just for being, like, lovely, patient, wonderful people. We've now constrained our weekend to we do one nice thing per weekend. Yeah, as a reward for doing work. So, so Finn works all day Saturday. Then we yeah. go generally to the cinema now, it seems. Yeah. So, and yeah. then work all day Sunday. I've also been like abstaining from drinking just because I wasn't very well and I wanted to give my body, felt like I should look after myself. Um, and Your body's a temple. Well, just, I think I've spoken <laughs> on here it. about the fact that I like have quite bad anxiety and that I get sleep paralysis and just like it's 10 times worse when I drink a lot. So um, I'm trying very hard to be good and restrained and not drink too much. So <laughs> yeah, 
because of that we're having to think of like sober activities that don't involve going to the pub so the cinema has mainly yeah. been the cinema has turned into our new yeah, pub yeah uh, the cinema or home cinema so we have a mountain of film recommendations <laughs> for you you'll be pleased to hear um, yeah but yeah it's a good thing to do it's like dry January isn't it yeah well it's sort of like I, I said it was dry January but I'm just kind of like continuing on I'm not saying that I'm never going to drink again because I enjoy a glass of wine I just don't and you did that huge Jaeger bomb before we started recording this <laughs> yeah well that doesn't count Jaeger bomb doesn't count wait no it's a first day it's a first day also Jaeger bombs taste like medicine yeah uh, disgusting what was I saying before you threw me off po- uh, films I was going to say podcasts. <laughs> I haven't listened to any podcasts, actually, because I've... Ollie's set up... So I have my laptop, which I do... It's such a man thing to do as well. Like, yeah. I've surrounded Finn's workspace with screens. Pretty much. So I work... Um, so I have my setup where I have my easel at my desk. You'll already know this if you like follow me on Instagram because I post about it on my stories all the time. But I have my desk situation is I have my easel. Then I have my laptop where I have my reference photos on there. Um, and then I have a, like a desktop computer, which is now just... A Netflix machine. Yeah, well, I have my Photoshop on there, but it's mainly just Photoshop and then, like, Netflix. And then Ollie sort of set up speakers around me. So now I've got, like, my own weird mini home cinema (laughs) set up. So, like, literally, I have done nothing but watch, like... I think I've practically watched... You just watched Studio Ghibli films. Oh, my God, yeah. So that's one of the things I was going to talk about, yeah. (laughs) Okay, we'll come back to the Studio Ghibli films. But, but me and Ollie already had a before you all write in and say that's not how how you pronounce it. Me and Ollie know that it's we're probably saying it wrong. That I think Ghibli 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 Studio Ghibli. But me and Ollie say Ghibli. We can't say that. We just say Ghibli. Well, my theory was that it's like when people say Chirizo rather than saying Chirizo or Ifbetho. I just think like it's like if a with that Chirizo example particularly. I just think that if we, us as an English person, if I'm in Spain and I ask for chorizo and I say chorizo, yeah, they're going to like, think it's like really patronising. In the same way that if a Spanish person came to London and they were like, uh, "Yes, I'd like to get some jelly deals," <laughs> and you know, jelly what I mean? deals. you know, what I mean, like if we, they're not going to put on a Cockney accent to ask for je- jelly deals. I mean, you do have a point. I mean, but this might be completely like the wrong argument to make because it might just be like a completely different like that's like pronunciation, if you know what I mean. I like, mean, also at this point, we just left the EU, so we might as well offend everyone oh in Europe God, anyway. Oh God, yeah, that's another depressing thing. Bloody leaving the EU. I just feel like the whole world is falling apart. Hmm. But it'll be spring soon and everything oh will get my God. better. Yeah, that's actually the only one of the only things that has cheered me up uh, in the last few weeks that um, I've got daffodils on my table and I'm looking at them now and they're so pretty and they smell lovely. Where? There, yeah, those yellow things ah, with the daffodils, darling. So they're vegan or they're Yours are runs. Runs of the sprouts. Oh, Tova. Tova started crying. Have you right? missed this, guys? Tova crying in the podcast. Just got to ignore her. Have you missed us, by the way? We've missed you. Anyway, so, what did you want to talk about? Do you have a cute thing? Yeah! As is the title of this woo, show. Woo, woo. My first cute thing of the year. Decade. Of the decade. Um, Not the millennium. Is uh, hermit crabs. Of course. So, did you know that hermit crabs, so they, um, I mean, I feel like everybody knows what a hermit crab is. It's a little crab that lives in an abandoned shell. Yeah. Um, And then as they grow, they need to find a bigger shell to um, house themselves in. So they discard their They outgrow their shells. So they discard them. And they've come up with this really clever, sweet, cute strategy uh where so they'll find a seashell on the beach but it'll be too big for them Mm. so they wait by the shell and then another crab comes along with his shell which is also too big for him um and so on and so on um and they wait and 
um, they sort of all collect together and then they measure themselves and line up in height order. <laughs> and then when they have the right amount of shells, they all do this exchange where they like exchange like, That's amazing. up a size. Because um, I guess, yeah, they all know if they hang out in the same area that there'll be... yeah. It's, Someone with a shell the right size, and I think it must be like a. Um, Do they not try and kill each other? Uh, the, the only problem that they have is that they fight over. Like there might be a rogue. Yeah, it's like prime real estate. It's like when you go to yeah, exactly. when you go to rent a flat and like, they, they might... do one of those group viewings, <laughs> and you have to murder the other people there to get the good. Um, and like sometimes the exchange might a bit like buy a house. Sometimes you know one of them might pull out or. Mm. Um, One of them might be a two, mental hoarder. Yeah, two, two crabs go in for the same house. That's um, how we met each other. <laughs> two little crabs. Two little crabs. Shimming uh, into the same shell. Yeah, So, but it's just fascinating. I think it must be like a, um, what's it called? Magic trick. No, where Science they experiment. evolve. They've oh, evolved evolution. to do this. Evolution or like survival of the fittest. It must be safer in numbers for when they... Because obviously they're vulnerable when they come out of their shell. Yeah. So if there's a group they're of nude. them there, yeah, more likely to be okay. Oh, um, but I found um, this... There's um, David Attenborough course, uh, narrated back. BBC footage of this. So I shall link it in the show notes of them actually. Oh, I want to see it. That sounds shells. interesting. It's very cute. Yeah. <laughs> so clever with their little houses. Oh. How do they know how to do that? Eh? How? How do they learn? It's amazing. It's like Tova drinking water. How does she know how, how much to drink? Know? How does she know she's so clever? How does she not know she's full? <laughs> wow. Astonishing. <laughs> Tova had a uh, jaunt to the big city yesterday, everyone. She went to a private view in London. She did, she went to a private view. Uh, My friend Tessa, my lovely friend Tessa, who lives in Australia, was over for um, a couple of weeks for work, (laughs) yeah. Um, And so I went up to London to see her before she flew back and Tova had to come with me because Ollie was busy at work and couldn't look after her, so she came on the train. Tova loves trains. I don't know whether we've mentioned this before in the podcast. I think we must have done. When we lived in St. Leonard's, to get from where we lived to, like, the actual main bit of town, you had to cross over the railway bridge. And Tova's, like, delight to cross the bridge. She loves it. She stops and stares and watches the train go. And then, like, sometimes I have to walk over a railway bridge, um, like, at this house, to get to our local park. And um, when she hears... like we must live, like, by a train depot. <laughs> when when a train comes, she, like, runs and gets really excited and makes me pick her up so she can watch the train because it's got, like, high fences. She's so funny. What a little weirdo. Do you think it's because... I suppose every time she goes on a train, she goes somewhere nice, generally. Yeah, I Except think... Except London. Yeah. Well, I think she always... Like, we're always going to see someone, like... Or someone's getting off the train who's yeah. exciting. So I think she just associates it with, like, seeing nice people that she likes. Oh, yeah. She's like the opposite of me. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I just see people I hate on the train. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Such is life. Such is life. Um, yeah, so that was my cute thing. I liked um, it. I want to see the video. Mm-hmm. I'll show you um, later. So, last weekend, mm-hmm. we went to see the film The Lighthouse. Yeah. Was that last weekend? Last Saturday? Last Saturday, we went to Lewis to see The Lighthouse, which is by the same director as The Witch. It's a black and white film with... Robert Patterson, William, William Defoe. Defoe. William Defoe? William? Oh, I'm not sure. Sure. Whatever, it, what, he, Whatever he's called. Whatever his name is, he's great and we love him. Yeah. Uh, and Lewis is nice too Lewis is very nice we went into a huge antique shop that was amazing oh my god I could have bought everything I felt like it was lucky that it was closing when we went in and I think financially we were very lucky about that but so the light are you gonna talk about the lighthouse a bit yeah no no I'm just saying because otherwise I would (laughs) oh you go because I'm gonna talk about it afterwards oh no No, I'm talking about something different okay oh no I was just gonna just explain what it is oh um, uh, it's a film about Correct. a lighthouse. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and a couple of, well, they're not fishermen, are they? A sailors. Cheeky lads. Sailors, lighthouse keepers. That's I think lighthouse keepers. That's what they're called. Technically. Um, are sort of in this abandoned, no, oh, God, what am I talking about? So uh, two lighthouse keepers go to a secluded, lighthouse. Secluded, is the word I was looking yeah, for. Yeah, they're so. on an island in the middle of 
off the coast of America somewhere. Somewhere. And basically they sort of... It's just a film about them getting cabin fever, basically. Yeah. And then sort of weird things happening. And then them not really being able to cope with each other. But all filmed in this really mad way. Yeah, it's filmed in black and white. Like a old film. It's like an old horror film, the way it's filmed. It's so clever. It is really... Yeah, it's really... I mean... It's quite confusing. Yeah, I would... It's, it's if I odd. had one su- suggestion... I mean, definitely go and see it in the cinema, but if you don't... Um, pop the subtitles pop on. Pop the subtitles on, because it is... They've got very thick, sailorish accents, and so... Well, I think they're meant to be, like, early 19th century American accents. Yeah. Is it 19th century? Yeah, it was, like, 18... The late 1800s. 1800s, yeah. So, the, the centuries being later than the year is always confusing. Yeah, it is. Why did they do that? I don't know. I, don't I suppose know. they're not going to change But anyway, now, it's great. And, like, the, the acting is superb. Robert Patterson, very good at it. Willem Dafoe, even better. Um, just, like, there's this one monologue he does. Like, you'll know when you watch it what, which bit I'm talking about. Because just through the lighting, the way they sort of light it, his face looks like distorted or something it's so scary and oh it's amazing it's really really brilliant I loved it like at the end I almost had to restrain myself from like standing up and just cheering because I liked it so much (laughs) you should have should have stood up bravo (laughs) to the director (laughs) I I really I really loved it but after we watched the film yes I was reading up some facts about it. Yeah. And found that it's very loosely based on a real story. Ooh. We found we read this on IMDb, remember? Oh, which one? Just saying that it was loosely based on this yeah. incident called the Smalls Lighthouse incident. So then I was reading about it. Mm-hmm. And it is the best story I've ever heard. It's Ooh. so mental and so weird and so creepy. So obviously the similarities between this and... Is this going to give away the film? No, not okay, at all. Good. Basically, the only similarity is two men on a, in a lighthouse. Lovely. And then, very different. Okay. okay. Just can I have a little sippy of my drink? <laughs> I just thought it'd be good if it was completely silent while you drank a drink. <laughs> okay. So, 25 miles off the coast of Pembrokeshire, in Wales, on a tiny slither of land Wales. called... <laughs> Sorry, apologies. Chiritho, Wales. <laughs> On a tiny slither of land called the Smalls stands a lighthouse steeped in dark history. Ooh. Now, the lighthouse looks amazing. I'll show you in a picture. Oh, wowee. Um, so, literally, when they say a smaller slither of land, it is a rock the same size as the bottom of the lighthouse, basically. It doesn't look like a lighthouse. It looks like a sort of bird's nest. Yeah. So On a ship, not like an actual bird's so nest. So, it was des- designed by Henry Whiteside in 1976... That's quite recent. Yeah. Uh, and the original structure stood on oak wood struts with a central column added a few years later for stability. Mm-hmm. So access was gained by a sturdy rope ladder attached to a trapdoor in the underside of the main room. The first recorded incident involved a visit Whiteside had made to the site. The weather turned and stranded him on it for a month. Mm. So literally it's like, it looks like a treehouse. It's like one room on some yeah. sticks. So being in there for a month, probably not that great. Um, he was short on supplies and desperate for help, he penned several letters which read as follows. This is such a good letter. Imagine, okay, so you've been locked in a room for one month. Mm-hmm. Imagine the kind of letter you'd write, Finn. A little bit of effing, a little bit of jeffing. Hey, babe. I'm going to murder everyone. I hate I'm my life. I'm a bit fucking lonely up here. And you wouldn't start it. Sir. Dear sir. Being now in a most dangerous and distressed condition upon the smalls, do hereby trust Providence will, be, will bring to your hands this, which prayeth for your immediate assistance to fetch us off the smalls before the next spring, or we fear we shall all perish. Our water near gone, our fire quite gone, our house is most melancholy. <laughs> I doubt not, but you will fetch us from here as fast as possible. We can be got off at some part of the tide, almost any weather. I, see, <laughs> I need say no more, but remain distressed. Humble servant. Mr. White. Oh my god. Mr. Whiteside. Why don't we talk like that anymore? I know, it's so good. Uh, these notes were sent via bottle in the water. Well, how else would they get them? And two, late, and two days later reached their intended recipient. What? 
I can't even post. Hang a, on, hang on. I hang can't on. even post an artwork in the UK with the Royal Mail if it gets there in two days. Are you serious? Like that bottle got there in time, and like my parcel. Yeah, <laughs> it's insane. My glossier parcel can't arrive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but my Amazon. I was out when the Amazon delivery came in. <laughs> Imagine if you got a note, a, a, bottle, a bottle, and it just said, "Sorry, you were out." <laughs> uh, you'll be very happy to know that Mr. Whiteside was rescued. Oh, that's lovely. Good for him. Um, so. Prior to this, that white, uh, prior to that lighthouse being built in 1976, yeah. there was another small lighthouse that was there in 1861. Mm-hmm. The, oh no, sorry, it was in 1801. There's, okay. a, there's a drawing of it in 1861. Okay. At this point, two men went to this lighthouse. So it's completely separate from that last story. That's just a funny story because he threw a bottle in the sea and managed to get rescued almost instantly, which is mental. <laughs> uh, so 1801. The functional lighthouse was manned by two men, Thomas Howell and Thomas Griffin. That's embarrassing. They both got the same first name. <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> it said that the two didn't get on well and often argued. Oh dear. So imagine being stuck in such a small place with no respite from someone you couldn't stand. Maddening to say the least. The incident that follows is is, is as described in Ivor Emlyn uh, by Ivor Emlyn in his 1854 version of events. At some point during their stay, Griffin complained of feeling ill and succumbed to his sickness, dying and leaving Howell alone. Howell knew that it was well known that he disliked him and that Griffith and that he would most likely be accused of murder. So he didn't want to throw the body into the sea. As the days passed and the body began to decay, he knew he had to do something. The stench of death was heavy in the lighthouse. So he set to work building a coffin using wood wood taken from the dwelling apartments and and put the body inside and then lashed the makeshift coffin to the outside of the railings around the building. Because obviously he didn't want it to be inside because it was smelled. So he made a coffin and he lashed it to the side of the lighthouse with the man in. What, like upright? Yeah. So kind of like the man standing, like kind of like how you imagine like a mummy in a tomb. Yeah. Um, a storm closed in, making it impossible for any passing boats to reach Howell. Worse still, the strong winds tore at the coffin, leaving the corpse exposed and rotting outside the lighthouse oh, window. Griffiths' arm was apparently waving in the wind and seemed to beckon towards him from beyond the oh grave. Oh my god, that's so scary. Weeks passed, without passing boats coming, assuming there was no issue. <gasps> Howell had raised the distress... what about the waving corpse hands? That might be a clue. Could it be? Howell had raised the distress signal, but the light continued to shine. And when passing, one of the men could see at the railings one of the men waving to passers-by. So there seemed to be no problem. Oh, my God. When Howell was finally relieved, he returned to shore, white-haired and a shell of his former self. It said that even his closest friends couldn't recognise the man they knew. Such were the horrors he had endured in the lighthouse. Oh, wow. Do you, are there any photos of him? From that year on, it has been tradition... In manned lighthouses for a crew of no less than two, than three people to be on duty at any time. From that? Yeah, from wow. that incident. And there's the lighthouse today. Wow. Where? So where? It's in That's Wales. That's off the coast of Wales. Oh, Wales. I want to go. I want to go. Can we go look at it? Isn't that an amazing story, though? So cool. I love it. And also, that's is the most a... creepy imagery of the man's arm just flapping. Flapping. And then really? all the boats sailing past and being like, Ooh, Hello! We? <laughs> How do you do? <laughs> Amazing, right? Biffing. Um, yeah, that's such a good great. story. I wish there were photos of him like before and after. Like, I love it when. Um, well, it was eight. Pe- it was eighteen hundred. Yeah, so. people's hair go white. Like um, at the Crown um, in Hastings, the landlord of the Crown was on the Titanic, and there's a photo of him before and after the disaster. And um, the before photo, he's got like dark hair, and the one after, he's just completely white. He's got white eyebrows, white hair. Um, and the shock of, yeah. It is interesting. They say that stress really can make your hair go yeah, white. Yeah, it's amazing. But I want to know, like, I mean, this is probably really stupid, right? But does it, like, like it must grow out white, right? Like, no, because your just... hair goes grey because it kills the, um, what's it called where the hair comes out? Like, the follicle. follicle. Yeah. So, like, the follicle's dead, so then the hair that's coming out of it is white. Oh, so, so it does that... So it would... No, but, like, what I'm saying is it it would grow out. It would grow white. It wouldn't just, like, you'd wake up and have, gro- like, white hair, would you? 
Because they always talk about it. And when you see photos, it's like before and after, like they've literally. Like, I think your hair their does. White. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to look into that. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I'm like, am I just being really thick? Like, surely. Maybe we're both being thick. Okay. It's hard to know anymore. I know. Locked up here in our lighthouse. <laughs> only each other for I think I could be locked in a lighthouse with you. I think I'd be okay. With me? Yeah. Not with Howell. He's a nightmare. No. Oh, you know when you're really like you some like think of something you really hate and like you easily know, like even their breathing annoys you. And yeah. Like oh, and then can you imagine that's the only person you can't escape from them? They're just like there. He must have been quite breathing. relieved when he died. He must have been like, thank oh, God for God. that. Now I've got to now deal I'm with just, this waving corpse. Now I'll just strap him onto the side <laughs> of the lighthouse. What the lava? Um. Yeah. So, uh, is is that your tale for this week? That's. Yeah, that was related to the film. I've got another random thing that I want okay. to talk to you about. But... Okay. Oh, no, I was just going to say, should we move on to, like, other films we've watched? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Lots of films. That's the end of my lighthouse chat. Um, yeah, well, I've been watching a lot of... Um, so, Studio Ghibli, I'm just going to say. Ghibli. 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 Um, like, the first, like, seven or something have been put on. They're putting them on in, like, three bursts of seven films, I think. So I've watched practically all of the ones they've put on so far. But just there's such wisdom in them. And I think because I watched them when I was a sort of teenager. And they're, like, the animated films. The animated films, yeah. Um, So which ones did I watch? Laputa, Laputa, Castle in the Sky... Kiki's Delivery Service, which is probably my favourite other than Spirited Way. Porco Rosso, very good. Um, and another one, Tales from Earth and Sea, which was not very good. But um, That's by his son, isn't it? Yes, by yeah. his son. Um, but yeah. Ghibli Jr. There was... I was watching it and I was like, this is like there's so many profound things in the films that like... Um, just great advice um so i thought i'd read out a couple of them give me some advice the ones that i just well not exactly advice just sort of things that i think are important and that you should live your life by um the first one was from laputa castle in the sky so the film premise is basically there's this floating magical castle that's been lost for years and years and years and the government and pirates are trying to find this floating have you seen this film no i don't think so this floating castle um because they want to um there are um legends that say that it's got amazing um treasure on it everything's always got treasure in legends they've got like technology this crazy technology that they want to access um and it's this one girl who, um, yeah, mysteriously kind of is linked to it. And this her and this boy um, go to try and find it as well as the sort of baddies. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I think a lot of, um, like, I think we were talking about it, that Japanese culture is, uh, what was the religion? Shipi- oh. Shintero? Shintero? Oh, God. I don't know. You put me on the spot there. Yeah, I can't remember. The Japanese religion. The the, the old Japanese religion. Yeah, where they... um, Shintero? Shintero? It's definitely something like that. Where they basically, um, like, worship and pay respect to nature and the earth and their the spirits of their ancestors shinto shinto um it's all about respect and i just think it's such a like lovely thing throughout all of the films that they're very sort of respectful of nature in it um and one of the quotes from laputa castle in the sky was um take root in the ground live in harmony with the wind plant your seeds in the winter and rejoice with the birds in the coming of the spring no matter how many weapons you have no matter how great your technology might be the world cannot live without love oh that is nice isn't it lovely i think there's lots of things going to go back it's like that sort of mother nature kind of thing isn't it yeah well i I feel like that's already sort of turning now with the environment being and and climate change and being at the sort of kind of critical people quite like that pagan kind of stuff because that is quite pagan yeah well i think oh tova will you shut up and also loving your dog and mother nature trying to give her some wisdom here and shut you little shit (laughs) she's fine i want a toy oh she never does this she only ever does this when uh, honestly guys i'm not even joking she has not done this at all since 
we haven't been doing the podcast. As soon as we bloody turn the microphone on, she's crying to go out crying for her toy. Don't know what's wrong with her. <laughs> um, anyway, I just thought that was lovely. And yeah, I think we could all... We could all learn do, a lesson from do that. Do with, um, yeah... A little bit of Shinto in our a lives. a bit more respectful of the earth and nature. Um, and the other thing was from Kiki's delivery service, which was just some of the most, like, bloody profound advice for creativity. I was like, bloody hell, how did I... I, I <laughs> have I done a painting before I heard this? <laughs> I just think, like, I think I watched them when I was sort of a teenager at first, and, like, I don't think... I think it was a bit too Some of it deep for me. Whooshed over your whooshed head. Whooshed over my head. But um, so, Kiki's Delivery Service, if you haven't watched it, is a film about a 13 year old girl who's a witch and she has to leave home and find herself and set up home in a new town and kind of establish herself as a witch in her own right. Mm. So it's like a coming of... It's a bit like you moving to Hastings. A bit, yeah, honestly. (laughs) Um, It's like a coming of age film, but like with a magical twist. Um, (laughs) But she meets a artist in it. And um, so at this point of the film, Kiki has lost the ability to fly and she doesn't really know why. And so the artist, she goes and stays with the artist and the artist comes out with this advice and I was just like what the hell is this oh my god um so Ursula the artist says when I was your age I'd already decided to become an artist I love to paint so much I'd paint all day until I fell asleep right at my easel and then one day for no good reason I just couldn't paint anymore I tried and tried and nothing seemed to be any good they were copies of paintings I'd seen somewhere before and not very good copies either I just felt like I'd lost my ability Kiki that sounds like me Ursula it's exactly the same but then I found the answer you see I hadn't figured out what or why I wanted to paint I had to discover my own style when you fly you relied rely on what's inside of you don't you Kiki um yeah we fly with our spirit Ursula trusting your spirit yes yes that's exactly what I'm talking about that same spirit is what makes me paint and makes makes your friend bake and we each need to find our own inspiration, Kiki. Sometimes that's not easy. Kiki, I guess I never gave much thought to why I wanted to do this. I got so caught up in all the training and stuff. Maybe I have to find my own inspiration. Hmm. Ollie's like, what's that mean? Uh, fuck off. <laughs> Ollie I'm just it. listening. What do you want me to say? I'm not going to stand up and applause. It's not the end of the lighthouse. <laughs> Well, I thought it was very profound. It's very nice. So, yeah, I just think a lot of the time, like, you get so caught up in sort of, like, with me, like, trying to be the best and practising and practising and practising that you kind of forget why, like, you're doing it and why you have to remember, like, why you want to paint and what what you want to achieve in the first place. And I think that can be applied to whatever artistic practice whatever creative practice you ever want to do like just to keep in mind of like why you're doing it and I think a lot of like the things that I listen to like in terms of creativity are sort of like getting like writing down all the reasons that you like the core reasons why you create and why it's important to you and I think that can drive forward like your work yeah definitely and I think I suppose with like social media and stuff how and how you get your art out there that can all twist what you want to produce mm. into what gets likes or gets like the right interaction online and then when you're doing that stuff I'm sure that creates more moments where you step back and look at it and go what am I doing I don't like what I'm doing yeah so it's just about finding stepping back and just doing that thing that you actually want to do I mean I always kind of think that in a weird way, if you made art in a vacuum where you never saw other art, you just imagine you just sat and like you were on like imagine you were in a lighthouse and you never <laughs> saw other people and you just did you just had paper and pen and you just drew things. Yeah. Without that external influence of seeing other art and yeah, seeing other artists and seeing artists' success. I wonder what kind of art you produce. Yeah, because even the greatest works of art have kind of been influenced by well um, well, the greatest works of art have been influenced by other artists copying other artists, and then there's always the influence of having to make money generally yeah. with your art. Yeah. 
um, or the people who don't need to make money from their art because they've got some other source of income that creates another kind of art where I feel like they react to that and they go so wild in a sense because they're they've got that freedom of the not having I don't know it just be I always think about that like what kind of art would I make if you had no I never saw I never saw any other art you never had if you'd never seen any other art and you had no like pressure socially or probably quite a lot of still lives Mm, yeah because that's what's in front of you but I thought it was interesting when it was like when she's saying they were copies of paintings I'd seen before and not very good copies either and the fact that I feel like when you first start out and you're trying desperately to find your style, you look at other artists and you're like, oh, I like elements of that, I like elements of that or whatever, and you end up sort of copying them Mm. because you're not training, like, you're not, like, working towards your own style, you're just, like, copying someone else's, like, you're kind of, like, um... Like, you're not doing the groundwork. You're just sort of, like, trying to fast-forward to Yeah, the you're end. trying to skip to the end, whereas... End product, rather than, like, that person who created that artwork has, like, spent years, like, travelling to get to that point. Like, yeah. and that's why it's so good. Yeah, it's taken that you can't bypass that ten years of them. Yeah. And also probably that first four years of them doing crappy stuff that they're yeah. not... They, and the reason that they that hate now. And the reason that they've spent 10 years getting to that point is because they found what they drove them and what they loved and that's what's kept them going to get to that fucking amazing point and you're never going to get to that point if you're copying someone else's because it's not your drive, yeah, it's not exactly. your, the thing you're passionate about. Anyway, I just thought it was gra- like... Just... That's in a children's film. Yeah. It's nice that it's in a children's film and you still thought it would go over my head. <laughs> Very rude. Well, don't you just sat and looked at me? I'm just, just saying what I see, saying what I see. Uh, anyway. Just, yeah. just so rude. <laughs> Always rude. Anyway, okay, so that was, yeah, my two cents. Well, very interesting. I liked it. Now, Finlay, have you heard? Sorry, I'm under the table. Okay, I'm back. You're back in the room. Yeah, sorry. Like Darren Brown. Just picking up and you're back. Yeah, back in the room. Have you heard about the one red paperclip trading game? No. Well, it's not really a game. It's... (laughs) What is it, then? So, basically, it's this idea that was created by this blogger. Wait, can I have another sip of drink? So we're all going to go silent? (laughs) Refreshing. Okay. Kyle McDonald. Kyle. Canadian blogger. Right. Need I say more? Okay. Annoying attention seeker. Twat. (laughs) (laughs) He is a little bit. But anyway, it's not really the point. He had this idea of getting a... You will have heard of this. He got a paperclip and his idea was to trade it with people. Oh, I have heard. To get it further and further and further to see how far he could get it. Yeah. So we were talking about this at work and talking about that idea. And then we were like... We realised that although we'd heard of the concept of it, we'd never actually thought, found out how it had gone or if it was even possible or if it was just a theory or if he had actually done it. Yeah. So we looked into it and the story is insane of what he did with his red paper clip. Okay, what did he do? So, um, so it took him a couple of years and... So... 2005. Okay. So this is when the project started. Yeah. He got a red paper clip and he went to Vancouver right. and he traded the paper clip for a pen shaped like a fish. <laughs> That's a good trade. That's trade one. Trade okay. two. He then traded the pen the same day for a hand sculpted doorknob from Seattle, Washington. That is a very good trade. It's a decent trade. There's no photos of the doorknob that okay. I can find. Right. But still, it's a good try. Mm-hmm. He then traded the hand-sculpted doorknob for a Coleman camping stove. Which is like a little... That's a massive trade-up. It's a little stove that you take camping with you. Yeah. He then traded the camping stove... Can I ask a question? Is he saying that this is what he's doing when he's trading? Yeah. Okay. So he's going and saying... Like, he's... I. Yeah, I think he's sort of making it known what his idea is, but... I feel like that's cheating. 
Well, he's, it doesn't matter because he's still getting the things, whether he's cheating or not. Okay. Uh, he traded the camping stove for a generator. Mm-hmm. He, he traded the generator for a keg of beer and a Budweiser sign. He traded the keg of beer and the Budweiser sign for a Skidoo snowmobile. He traded the snowmobile for a two-person holiday to British Columbia. He traded one of the spots on the two-person holiday for a small truck. He traded the truck for a recording contract uh, for, like, making music with a recording company. He traded that for one year's rent in Phoenix, Arizona at someone's house. What? He traded one year's rent with someone for an afternoon with Alice Cooper. What? He traded one afternoon with Alice Cooper. This is a really weird one. For a motorised snow globe for the band Kiss. Now I googled this. Hang on, hang on. What? Can you say that again? Um, a kiss motorized snow globe. So you know so snow globe. So he thinks that that's a better trade than an afternoon with Alice Cooper. Yeah. Right. It's a really weird move. The only thing I can think is like I think Kiss fans are very fanatic, so perhaps that was worth a lot of money. More so than Alice Cooper fans. Yeah, I don't. So actually spending time with the actual man, not just spending time with a glass ball. It's a weird one. Whatever. I want to see a photo of it. I'll get the photo for you later. Okay. He traded the, the Kiss motorised snow globe that Finn is not impressed by. I'm not. To Corbin Burson, don't know who that is, for a role in the film Donna on Demand. What, he got a role in a film? He traded the Kiss snow globe for a role in the film. Like a little bit part in the film. Okay. And the final trade, when he stopped, he traded the role in the film for a two-storey farmhouse in Kipling in Canada. What? So he got a... From a paperclip, he got a house. And that is the house there. What the fuck? <laughs> so as you can imagine at work, this has now eaten up a lot of our time as we are now... Are you tra- furiously trading things with each other now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just around the office. Yeah. None of us are getting any further. <laughs> Isn't that insane? Wow. It's such an interesting... Idea. Idea. Yeah. So now he's turned the house into the Red Paperclip Museum. (laughs) And um, he runs it and it's like a little cafe and stuff. Granted, we Googled where it is. It is in the middle Middle of of nowhere. nowhere. So... But still... It's still amazing. Wow. Uh, I don't know how, you know, like how much that would necessarily be worth on its own. But still, he has a house. Yeah. He started with a red paper clip. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive. Mm. Isn't that it's interesting though? So, cool. So yeah. what would you trade? What do you, what do you, would you... What, it's like a good thing? Or just what would you start like... with, do you think? Mm, you just anything. Anything. Do you think you could do it? No, because I'm terrible at bartering. Like, <laughs> just take it. I don't need anything. I come home from work, you're like, Ollie, I traded our house for a paperclip. <laughs> That's like, how it what? works, right? <laughs> no, you ruined everything. Um, I don't know. But <laughs> what was the other thing that he was saying? So, he's written a book about this experience. I'm not going to read the book. It'll tef- definitely be awful. I've read all the good bits on the Wikipedia page. But... On his website, he talks about some of the other things that happened to him during his one year mm-hmm. of trading from paperclip mm-hmm. to house. He was made mayor for the day of the town of Kipling, where he ended up with the house. <laughs> he was made an honorary resident of Kipling for life. He was given a key to the city of Kipling. God, Kipling doesn't have much going on, does it? Oh my God. Google it, guys. There is nothing there. It's a Tim Hortons. <laughs> I'll link it in the show notes. He received a Guinness World Record for the most successful internet trade. <laughs> he, with the ta- also with the town of Kipling, erected the world's largest red paper clip, for which he won another Guinness World Record. Jesus Christ. He travelled to Japan to, guess, as to be a surprise guest on a, a Japanese show. He went on stage with Alice Cooper at a concert in Fargo. Aww, and he wrote Alice a book Cooper. about his uh, adventures. Jesus. I mean... You Follow your dreams, guys, yeah, is all exactly. I say. Because even if they're the dumbest dream in the world... <laughs> you can meet... It means that you can meet Alice Cooper. I was just amazed. What a tale. What a, t- what a tall tale. <clears throat> no, it really happened. Um... 
Um, <laughs> yeah, having another sip I'm of drink? I'm having some sort of stroke. I'm having a mind blank? Um, should we tell everyone what we've been watching? Yeah, go. List it off. Um, the, uh, the Lighthouse. Parasite. Parasite. Amazing. Amazing film. Please go watch it. It's so good. Um, watch it in the cinema. Yeah, it's fantastic. Me and Ollie said we've never seen another film like it. Um, just great, suspenseful, um, twists and turns. Don't know how it's going to end up. Acting's great. The sets are brilliant. Um, it's just fantastic. 10 out of 10 film. The poster's very good. Poster's excellent. Yeah, I'll link that in the show notes as well. I want to find out which illustrator did it. I think it, uh, it said in the, hmm. at the bottom. Oh, I'll look it up. Um, yeah. uh, basically, I work near this cinema in London that, and they always put like quite arty posters up for films. Mm. So you, they're quite often like really nice posters. And then, yeah, I was just walking past the other day. I was like, oh, what is that? And then it was the Parasite poster. I was like, oh my God, <gasps> the best film and the best poster. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, yeah, so please go watch that. Jojo uh, Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. Go and watch that. Amazing. So good. Me and Ollie walked up like walked out of the cinema just like with our faces like hurting from smiling and laughing it was so good it's so good it's so well done so well done sad and funny and heartwarming and oh god it's just brilliant so good again it's got it all 10 out of 10 uh you're not being very conservative with your ranking what else have we watched dunkirk not 10 out of 10 not 10 out of 10 but it was pretty good it was good it was I'll, i'll watch it it was Pretty good. You did watch it. Harry Styles was not so good. Oh, do your Harry Styles impression. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. <laughs> it's a really bad English accent. Like, well, we watched it on Brexit Day. Oh yeah, so on... and there's a scene in it where Harry Styles like shouts at is French shouting person. at French people, and <laughs> it really annoyed me because I remember at the time when the film came out, people were annoyed that Harry Styles was in it. Yeah. Because well, it is a bit like it's a bit jarring. Yeah, isn't it? it is a bit jarring because you're kind of like, oh, this is quite a good film, blah blah blah. All this serious thing has happened. People but, are being shot at. Oh, it's Harry Styles. Look, it's Harry Styles. Yeah, uh, off of one director. Yeah, so it kind of like takes you out of the film for a sec. And then the director, Christopher <laughs> Nolan. Christopher Nolan. Yeah. It, someone asked him like, why did you cast Harry Styles in this? Obviously, being like, that was a stupid thing to do. And he was like, I didn't cast him because he was Harry Styles he was I just did like uh, what's it called auditions auditions and he was the best and I was like what no way he's the best he was just like literally everything he said just sounded like he was just reading frogs I'm Harry Styles (laughs) get out of here you bloody frogs (laughs) it's gold that's literally like Harry Styles' only line in the whole film (laughs) Other than that, he eats some toast at one point. <laughs> he does eat some toast. I mean, it was, uh, it's a really good film. Yeah, it was great. Tom Hardy was very good at it. No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. He's good. He's the it. same as he is in everything. He wears a mask and mumbles. And I love it. I am here for it. He's a great actor. We'll it's a really interesting film, though, because it's... Everything bad about him. Obviously a World War film, but there's not really, like, that much shooting in it. I mean, there's lots of shooting from planes to planes, but yeah. not really, like, with guns, particularly. You don't really ever see... It's only really focused on English and French people. You never really see any German soldiers. Yeah, it's only, yeah, one yeah, which of is German soldiers, which is kind of like for a World War film, kind of... Yeah, it was just kind it? of interesting, and it kind of, like, focused on yeah. different stuff. Um, what else have we seen? Maybe that's everything. No. Um, <clears throat> Uncut Gems. Oh yeah, that was very good. With Adam Sandler, and I know what you're thinking, everyone at home. Adam I Sandler love Adam Sandler. in a good film. <laughs> um, but he was really good. He plays a serious role. Um, it's a man who this is on Netflix and in the cinemas. I think yeah. it's released at the same time, wasn't it? Um, it, it he's um, a jeweler, a diamond yeah. dealer. He's um, like a yeah. He's like a. Yeah, he's a dealer, I think. Yeah, um, who also likes to place risky bets. Yeah. And <laughs> halfway through the film, I said to Ollie, I don't think I'm enjoying this. I'm really not enjoying this, actually. And Ollie was like, do you want me to turn it off? And I was like, no, I'm going to have to find out what happens. But I don't... Like, at the end of it, we both were like, I don't think I enjoyed that, but it was really good. I think it was like... 
it's so stressful and tense and you're just like you know where you just got your head in your hands like please don't just don't do it it's great i recommend people watch it but i don't think anyone will watch it twice no i didn't want to watch i never want to watch that film again but it was really good like it's just so stressful but um yeah. but also again really like that. kind of not really like any other films it's sort of like weird all over the place like yeah lots I don't, know, oh, don't watch it with small children because it's got a lot of swearing i am practically a sailor the amount i swear and it was a bit much for me and i didn't think it was that much it was and they used the n-word a lot it did say really that just makes me feel it was very the, uncomfortable oh, actually i was just like they didn't say that they didn't swear that much and then i remember i read afterwards that it's the it's got the fourth most swear words of any film ever made really it? it's just like practically every other word and like it doesn't usually bother me i don't know if this is true but the way that hollywood (laughs) perceives new yorkers they just literally say the f word in between every other word all the time um if you're if you're from new york send me a message tell me to fuck off (laughs) if you don't Uh, use the f word i'll know you're not really a new yorker adam sandler taught me Mm. he probably doesn't live in new york He's mm. definitely Hollywood. Is he, is, He's a Hollywood man. Yeah, I imagine it all maybe Malibu or something. Where Malibu, you reckon? Hollywood people hang out. <laughs> Your vague knowledge of American Miley geography Cyrus coming and in. Liam Hemsworth, God rest. Why, are they dead? <laughs> They're not together anymore. Oh, right. Their oh. relationship is dead. Good. <laughs> oh, no, she's with that horrible, like, Cody Simpson now. He's oh, repulsive. Don't know. Honestly, how she can find him attractive, I don't know. He's always got his top off. I, I don't know who this person is. Oh, you don't want to. When we're talking about Miley Cyrus's <laughs> relationship, I would say it's time for this podcast to end, please. <laughs> I am done now. Um, you guys, we've missed you, and um, we're back. And, yeah, we'll try and um, get back to sort of regular podcasting. We're back now, that's it. Yeah. We had our one month off. Yeah. So. We were we were poshos for one month. <laughs> now we're back. Um, yeah, so... We will see you every Friday. Um, and if you have anything you want to talk to us about, or you know, you just want to tell us how much you love us and that you've missed us, then write into the cute life like the cute cute life podcast at gmail.com or you can DM us on Instagram at Finley Elliot Portraits. At Ollie Place. Like a fireplace. Uh, <laughs> but really, all we want is ghost stories. Ghost stories, that's all I'm interested in. <laughs> that's all I care about. Um, and, yeah, I think that's it. Is it? That's it. Oh, we... um, rate and review. And if you review, we'll give you a shout out on the podcast. Um, yeah, and tell your friends. Tell your friends, share it. Tell your friends, share it. Because I always listen to podcasts and they tell you to review. I don't know where you review a podcast. On iTunes. I don't have iTunes. No, but seriously, like, that... Just tell me. Yeah, just tell your friends. Like, that means so much to us. And, like, honestly, like, I mean, this podcast is a little bit of work and we do do it in our spare time. So it's really nice. It makes it 100% worth it when I hear from people saying they enjoy it. So And when we get sent pictures of ghosts. Yes. So (laughs) thank you so much um, for being here and listening. We love and appreciate you. And we hope you had nice Christmases and New Year's. Um, and your Januaries were dry, dry and better than ours, cheerier or than ours. Or moist, if you wanted them to be <laughs> moist. You're not allowed to say that word. It's a horrible word. People okay. get damp. Very, people get very upset about moist. Sorry, I said it again. You're worse than uncut gems. <laughs> right. um, love you guys. Bye. 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 See you next week. Bye.